Boston Celtics get a delicious win over the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll tell you why this one was so sweet. Plus, Jason Tatum does the little things to shrug off a bad game and why the Celtics' depth absolutely needs to be a priority, even if it hurts an established guy's feelings. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day, Monday through Friday with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get that podcast of yours, whatever app it's there. This podcast exists there. It's also on YouTube. Watch the show there. Hop into the comments section. Have some fun. Have a discussion. It's all there. I know this podcast is a little late. For uh, what I said it was going to be, I wasn't going to record one at four in the morning. Circumstances beyond my control. Uh, here I am now. It's it's a little earlier than usual, but not as early as I wanted it to be. So, sorry. I apologize for that. Uh, but this will serve as the Monday podcast, and we're celebrating a win over the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball. Now, I cover the, the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Celtics beat the Philadelphia 76ers 110-107 on a Jason Tatum last second. Call it a buzzer beater. I don't know. It wasn't exactly a buzzer beater. It was one, one and a half seconds left after he, he made it. Uh, coming up later on, I want to get into, this was a great depth win, but I, I feel like there's there's a line here that we need to we need to be able to cross with the depth, and it has to do with Marcus Smart and his performance in this game. Some more individual performances in the second segment, uh, including Derek White and, and some of these other ones, uh, some of the other guys, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, who had who had great games. Let's start. Let's start with this. I want to start with, well, first of all, let me start with today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is uh, for first-time users. You can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Also, I got to get out of the way that Jalen Brown is out for the New York Knicks game Monday night. Uh, Derek White is probable. He has an ankle sprain, uh, but doesn't seem to be too bad. Uh, so that is uh, the injury report for Monday night. Okay, now let's get really started here because what I want to start with is just savoring the sweetness of a win over the Sixers. And look, longtime Celtics fans, maybe maybe some of you younger listeners, watchers, maybe you don't understand the exact uh, rivalry or, or or how deep this goes. This this is a rivalry that that goes beyond actually Celtics Lakers is the number one rivalry. Uh, and I think it became the number one rivalry, especially, in the eighties that, that really made it what the, what it was Celtic Sixers was the original rivalry. This was the the first one. This was Celtics, Philadelphia, Boston, Philadelphia, 
back when they were the Warriors. And and I think it's a city-based thing because the Warriors moved to California. The Sixers came down. They used to be the Syracuse Nationals. And the Celtics had a rivalry with them too. But they settled in Philly, became the 76ers, and that just became another heated rivalry. It's it's historical. It's colonial. It's uh, Eastern Conference. It's two cities, two teams that have been going head-to-head, and Boston has basically been steamrolling Philly for a long, long time. But it's it's such an intense rivalry that that's that's where the BLA chant comes came came in. Now the Celtics Lakers rivalry has surpassed Celtics Sixers. So the original BLA chant was I uh, forget what year it was when Philly went to the the finals and and they the, the chant was to Philly go beat LA. You you guys go beat LA. And that was beat LA, the beat LA. That was that chant. So beating the Sixers in this fashion was I just got to say extraordinarily sweet because I do listen to some of the other side and I do listen to how Philly fans uh, react to, to these, these wins and losses. And I do see the frustration when the Sixers, they hate losing to Boston. They just absolutely hate losing to Boston. They cannot stand it. And it's one thing to go in and get worked and have that just be like, Hey, you know, didn't have it today to come out to a lead, build it up, lose it, build it back up again, and then have it lose and then lose it again. And then lose in this fashion to have the buzzer beater is just the kind of emotional roller coaster that is chef's kiss. Beautiful in a, a win over the Sixers. I, I cannot stress enough that this rivalry has been heated from day one. And they, they played it up before the game. All of those, that the montage and, and all of that stuff before the game that there was hyping this up, that, that was, that's all real stuff. I mean, that, that was, uh, it was fun to see some of the old Celtic Sixers memories, but it's also part of like th- this game kind of fit into the lore of Celtic Sixers. This was exactly the type of game that fit the rivalry. This was the type of game where you take a chapter, each chapter, uh, and th- this is, this is another one. This is the net. This can proudly be written when you're flipping through the, the history book of Celtic Sixers rivalry. This can proudly take up a chapter. This game, it fits. And to see the Celtics fight, use their depth, use their, you, you know, a star player coming through in Jalen Brown, uh, a star player struggling and then coming through at the end in Jason Tatum, bench guys stepping up, role players stepping up, Al Horford. How awesome was it that Al Horford changed the game? Al Horford hit three straight three-pointers, went on a personal 9-0 run in the, in the third quarter, then hit a fourth one later and a fifth in the fourth quarter to erase uh, a Sixers lead with about a minute and a half to go or so. 
that Horford did it is just extra, extra spicy. It's almost trolling. If you scripted it, it would be kind of almost hokey. That Horford, the only way it could be more hokey is if Horford hit the game winner. That's how hokey it was. And yet here we are in reality, uh, Al Horford coming through. And after the first, the first few misses, I saw like Liberty ballers tweet out, say, keep shooting Al, like reveling in his misses. Cause they hate Al Horford. They gave him a ton of money. It, they just didn't use him right. It didn't work in Philly. I've said this before. I'll say it again. He was in Atlanta. He was in Boston. He was in OKC and Boston again. All of those situations worked. He was fine in all of them. Philly is the outlier. It didn't work in Philly. Why? Why? It's not Al. It's not Al. If he worked perfectly fine in every other scenario, he was a multiple-time All-Star in Atlanta. He was an All-Star in Boston. OKC sat him because he was too good. He was helping them win. They didn't want to win. And he, in Philly, struggled because of Embiid. Because because it's hard to play next to Embiid. Embiid doesn't bend. Embiid doesn't... There's a reason why this hasn't worked in Philadelphia to the extent where it's supposed to work. And, And there's one constant there, and it's Joel Embiid. And he just doesn't do the things that he needs to be. He's an MVP level player, but he should be a multiple time MVP. And just, he doesn't do those extra things. He doesn't do, he hasn't gotten the, that, that extra bit of, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn this into a big Joel Embiid bashing. I, my feelings are well known about Embiid. Al Horford coming in and hitting those three, three pointers. Oh, that was sweet, baby. That was so sweet to see that. Um, and then, you know, to have that finishing, the finishing touch, Derek White having a great run, uh, helping the Celtics build a 10 point lead in the fourth, then coming back and, you know, losing it and then going back and forth and some huge shots. And, and, you know, Jalen Brown had some huge plays down the stretch. The, 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 The end of the fourth quarter was so great. And then Tatum with the game winner. I love the fact that Embiid afterwards hit that shot after the buzzer because Joe oh, is so close. Oh, I'm so sorry, Joel. Oh, man, that must really hurt. That, that, my, my entire first segment dedicated to gushing and laughing. That's because nothing feels quite as good as a win over the Sixers. It's just, it has its own its own special kind of flavor. It's extra spicy and can't help but enjoy that. All right, up next, let's get into some of the nitty-gritty from this game. The uh, the the individual performances, like I said, I mentioned some of these guys, but uh, I'll go through, uh, including Grant Williams, who I thought was really good defensively. I'll do that in just a second. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. It's Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy made easy done right this is i've i've seen a lot of other daily fantasy i've played some daily fantasy and it's just not i don't like it but prize picks i do like because it's you against the projections it's not you against other people it's just you pick two to six players will they score more or less than the prize picks projection simple it's not easy 
to get it all right. And that's the fun in trying to get two to six players to get the more or less correct. But if you can do it, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry and you can pick from basically any sport in the world. And the list here is too long. All you need to know is disc golf and cricket are on the list. So if they're on the list, everything else that you want to look for is also on the list. Your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So it's super easy. Withdrawals, fast and safe. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks gives you 50. Pretty simple. Don't forget, though, you have to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match of up to $100. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. You make Locked On NBA your second listen. In fact, go to Locked On NBA feed. Not only do you get Locked On NBA, the show that I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison and in-depth conversations about the league, the big stories, the biggest stories in the league. You also get NBA game to game which is just recaps from the night. You can listen to it and get all the all the recaps with both sides of the story from the local hosts all right there uh, on the same podcast feed. So subscribe there or search for both shows on YouTube. Let's get into the uh, the conversation here about the the individual performances because there, there were a lot of great individual performances. Uh, let's start with the best of the night, which is Jalen Brown and Derek White. Uh, Jalen Brown was, I think... Uh, Obviously, very good in this game. Uh, from start to finish, he had a few moments where, hey, you know, four turnovers, it's not great. Uh, but 26 points just from start to finish, he had some really, really nice finishes, so, some nice defensive plays, uh, a great pass and transition up to Robert Williams for a dunk. So he had that was one of three assists that he had on the night. He had three steals on the night. So he he did a lot on both ends of the floor. He looked confident attacking. The the mask seems to be okay. He he's still, I think, missing some things on the floor. Like I, I feel like the mask kind of cuts off a little of that peripheral vision. So just so you know, when, when you're playing basketball, you can see out of the corner of your eyes. Like I can see my fingers out here directly to my side. So you have a big, wide field of vision, almost 180 degrees of, of vision. And you can tell the, the color of uniforms and you can see guys moving. You can kind of see what's happening. As you see a guy start to cut, you can make a move. You can do something to set up your defender so you can make that pass cleanly. But if something is, is kind of like blocking your eye just a little bit, you see that cut another half second late. Um, or if you're distracted by it, you see that maybe you, you see it a little late. And honestly, the difference between recognizing something and throwing the pass and being a little late and doing like a little hesitation, like, oh, I, I had it and I didn't throw the pass. I mean, it's, it's happened to every basketball player on the floor. Every basketball player who's ever played has seen a guy open. And for some reason, your body doesn't throw the pass and you're like, Oh man, that's on me. And so I, I do feel like there's a little bit of that going on with Jalen in the mask. And and let's be real, like as, as great as Jalen Brown is, and he's one of the best players in the league, 
his vision and creation for others is is not his strongest suit. So anything that limits that really, you know, that that just takes that bit of his game and 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 draws a little bit more out of it. So you it's it's a tough thing to 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 have, but hopefully that is something that he can adjust to as as he moves forward. But again, he's out versus New York, so personal reasons. So uh hopefully everything's okay there. Derek White obviously was great. And I'll get more into him in the next segment because it does it does show like this this was such a great depth win like you saw a lot from a lot of guys and I knew going into it that the 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 bench was going to be a thing that 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 swung this game and it te- definitely did but I, I I feel like Derek White has just continued this this great stretch. He's, he's not even just like on a hot stretch. He's just, he's just consistently good. He's just consistently good. Now, seven of nine from the field, two of three from three, uh, you know, for 18 points, that, that level of shooting is, is probably not something that you can count on forever and ever and ever, but his level of aggression and and the ease with which he's getting to the line or getting to the, the, getting to the rim, I should say has been really impressive. He's finding ways and reading, reading defenses really, really well gets to that spin move and, and finds some openings hits, a hits the floaters, finds the angles. Can he, you know, either he's finding a way to, to spin towards the basket, or if that's cut off, he can fade away. Derek white has been phenomenal. And look, the Celtics are, were three, they they won by three. Derek White was a plus twenty five, plus twenty five. Uh, Al Horford, huge. Now he he struggled in some regards guarding Embiid. I think Embiid. So Embiid, <laughs> I gotta catch myself sometimes with him. Embiid, you know, flopped his way to to the line and, and foul hunted his way to the line early on. Embiid's fourth quarter was just dominant, absolute sheer dominance. And that that's the MVP candidate there. That's, you know, he finds his way to the free throw line. I mean, damn, he took seven, he was 17 of 18 from the line in this game. He took 18 free throws. All of the Celtics took 12, uh, which is just an incredible disparity. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the Celtics were outscored at the free throw line by 20, 20. You won by three. You're outscored by 20 at the free throw line. That that's wild. But they outscored Philly. Uh, what do they have? Uh, 16 three pointers to Philly's nine. So what's that? 30, 48 to 27. So they outscored Philly by 21 there. So that's that's your that's one one point right there. And then you know. Another basket somewhere in there, probably a dark white basket. Uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, great off the bench. G- Grant Williams, the, the entire bench minus Sam Hauser, who had a, a, a tough stretch. Uh, the entire bench was a, a plus uh, on the night. Uh, can't say that for everybody, but Malcolm Brogdon, again, controlling the game, doing a great job. Grant Williams, not shooting well, but doing a good job defensively. I thought he was really, really good. And it's hard to ask a guy to go guard Joel Embiid, then switch onto James Harden, play that pretty well, 
and then go and then go hit some shots. It's I, I can understand why Grant would have a bad shooting night. This is one of those nights where I look at one for six and one for five from three, and I don't think that, oh, God, Grant, you really need to hit the shots. Like, obviously, you want somebody to hit the shots versus not, but for all the stuff that he did on the other end of the floor, I'm, I can understand why maybe the shot was a little off in that game. So I, I'm still giving Grant a thumbs up for his play uh, in, against Philly there. Same with Robert Williams. 14 points, eight rebounds. He even had a 15-foot jumper there at the end of the first quarter. Seven of seven. Uh, now, first all-time, by the way, in games where he's shot 100% from the field for the Celtics. First all-time. And they're all big guys. But, yeah, seven of seven. Uh, a great job for him. Uh, a steal, an assist. Yeah, Rob was, Rob was really good. And then I mentioned Al Horford, who his shooting was – the one thing you got to say about Al Horford is he's such such a uh, competitor. He's such a fierce, fierce competitor. You can see it in his um, in his face. You know, the fans in Philly were kind of jerks. They were definitely jerks. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Brown said they were saying they were screaming at him. I hope you tear your ACL, which is just don't wish bodily harm on somebody. Uh, at the same time. I expect nothing less out of the fans in Philadelphia. So uh, I, I and, and Al Horford certainly was a target there. And, and to see him, there, he hit a couple of shots and had some choice expletives. And you don't think of Al Horford as a guy who drops that stuff. But let me tell you something. In the heat of battle, that dude is not really like he's all nice and in locker room dad and and like super, super respectful in you know, post-game locker rooms and to us in the media. He's, but you can see it. You can see it when, when he's got that fire going, Oh man, that's, that's not something you want to mess with. I don't think. Uh, and then of course there's Jason Tatum who shrugged off. I think the, the impressive thing about Tatum who he, for certainly the first half, first half, he was terrible. Third quarter. He was better. Fourth quarter. He was good. And then at the end, he hit that huge shot. It's, it's in, really impressive to see a guy kind of develop like Tatum has because I think, honestly, in the past, Tatum might have just let a lot of this stuff get to him. So he shot 7 of 17, 3 of 8 from 3. Okay, you know what? If he hit one more three-pointer, we'd say he shot 50% from 3. So that's not too bad. But he didn't have a great shooting night overall. Like He very clearly was struggling overall. He still had 13 rebounds. He still... In the last minute or so, when I forget exactly when it was, when he had that tip in, the he had had the tough night, and here it was. Shot goes up. Did he stand there? No, he didn't stand and watch. He went in, crashed the boards, and got another clutch tip in. That's effort. That is somebody who is giving the game what it needs and is not getting frustrated by the shots not falling. I mean, obviously he was frustrated. No doubt. I shouldn't even say that he wasn't. He didn't let that frustration get to him. He very clearly, when he had hit a shot in, in the fourth quarter, and you can see him slap his hip as, in to say, as if to say, like, oh, finally. But for a guy to have a game like that, you'd say it all the time. I don't care if you're not hitting shots. That's fine. You can, you know, he needs to work on some of the shots that he that he 
was taking. He only got two free throws. That's a problem. He's got to get back to shooting the, the eight, nine, 10 free throws. So keep getting to the rim. But the 13 rebounds, three offensive, six assists, a block shot. Yeah, the five turnovers and the bad shooting were, were, were bad. He was not good overall in this game, but he was able to put that aside and he kept doing the other things. Kept doing the other things to help his team win. That's it's all you could ask for, man. That's all you can ask for. Because you're not always going to shoot well. You're not always going to have great games. But what are you going to do in those bad games? Are you going to sulk? Are you going to sit there and just put your head down or pout or get frustrated and get technical fouls all over the place? Or are you going to be like, hey, I got to do something else? And he did something else. Then when he needed to, he steps up and he made that shot, which is incredibly impressive. I'll end with this on this segment. Anyway, this notion that Jason Tatum somehow, somehow this notion that he's not clutch has gotten out there, but ESPN stats and info nine game tying or go ahead buckets inside the final five seconds of the fourth quarter and overtime over the past five seasons. That's most in the NBA. And then this from Tucker Boynton, who is um, some Harvard data guy. <laughs> sorry, Tucker. I'm not, I, I don't exactly, uh, whatever. I'm sorry. I just say, Tucker, I'm not being rude to you. Since the NBA started, I'm reading his tweet. Since the NBA started tracking play-by-play data in 1996, there are 155 players who have attempted 25-plus field goals to tie or take the lead in the final 24 seconds of the fourth quarter, playoffs included. 155 players who have attempted 25 or more field goals to tie or take the lead in the final 24 seconds. Tatum is number one out of all of them, shooting 51.7%. So anytime somebody says Tatum's not clutch, you read them that stat, and you say Tatum is indeed clutch. The Celtics are indeed deep, and I'll get on Joe Missoula a little bit here. I know the Celtics won, and that's great. And I know Marcus Smart had an impact on that final play, and that's great. But I do, have, I do have some qualms with how this game played out at the end. I'll talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. You want a delicious treat, but you don't want the fat and the calories. You don't want a candy bar, but you really do want a candy bar, don't you? Well, that's what Built Bar tastes like. Tastes like a candy bar. It's delicious. It's covered in chocolate. But at only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein... It's good for you. It's good that you can have one as a meal replacement. I like to throw it in my gym bag. Go into the gym, come out of the gym, and uh, I've got a snack, delicious reward, and protein for when I am lifting and trying to build a little muscle. Body wants some protein. Well, here you go. Here's some protein. And these flavors are incredibly delicious. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. This It's incredible what they do over at Built. And you can get them in more than just online. You can get them at Walmart. Go in. They're at the pharmacy section at Walmart. Four bar boxes. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Which the the puffs are like marshmallow covered in chocolate. It's really good. Sam's Club. You belong to Sam's Club? Run in. 13 bar boxes at Sam's Club. Brownie batter and churro. Those are amazing. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way. Online, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You can do that. Stock up. You can go through all of their flavors. 
Use that promo code LOCKDOWN15. You get 15% off anytime you order from Built.com. I'm going to start this segment by reminding people, if you're new, you haven't heard this before, but I am a tremendous uh, Marcus Smart guy. I think Marcus, if I was playing, I'd want Marcus Smart on my team. If, if I was coaching, I'd want Marcus Smart on my team. If I was a front office guy, I'd be trying to get Marcus Smart on my team. Okay, I think he's really, really good. I think he's a really good point guard. I think he's obviously, we all know what kind of defender he is. I know what kind of teammate he is. I know the dedication he has to his craft, to his sport. I know how much he wants to win. I believe in Marcus Smart as much as anybody believes in Marcus Smart that maybe, you know, outside of people who are related to Marcus Smart. But, hey, sometimes you don't got it. And in that game against... The Sixers, he did not got it. 10 points. He was 4 of 11 from, from the, the field. 2 of 6 from 3. Now, again, you hit one uh, one more and you're 50%, but it goes down as 33%. Fine. He had only 3 assists. Guys need to hit shots to have assists, but he, he just didn't play well. And I gave you the Derek White stat in a 3-point win. Derek White was a plus 25. In a 3-point win... Smart was a minus 22, and it was evident in the flow of this game. The Celtics, Marcus Smart was in foul trouble, and he went to the bench, and Derek White came in, and the Celtics made a run. And Smart came in, and the Sixers immediately went on uh, an 8-0 run. And it's unfair to say it's all Smart like that, but let's be honest. It, it's... Smart, they wanted Smart to shoot the ball, and he was willing shooter. He was willing to shoot it, and you, you do have to. Sometimes you do have you like you can't just say, "Well, they're giving me that shot, I can't take it." Sometimes he's going to hit those shots. But on a night like that, where the game—remember, I say this all the time—listen to the game. The game is telling you what to do. The game is telling you what to do. The game was telling us Marcus Smart in the game was not the best option for Boston in this particular scenario, which is kind of wild because Marcus has been fantastic against Philly in basically every other game. I want him going up against Joel Embiid, but it just wasn't, it wasn't happening in this game. Derek White being on the floor made more sense. Now, I don't know. Now he's, he's on the report with a, an injured ankle and maybe the ankle was part of the reason why white came out of the game and stayed out of the game. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but when he was in the game, he seemed fine. This is just one of those scenarios where sometimes you got to close with somebody different. And this is what the Celtics depth is for. And I'm not like, I, I still want smart to, to start. I still think smart Jalen, Jason Horford, and Rob is the starting lineup. That's the one you want out there. They have only played a few games together. And now tomorrow with Jalen out, they're not going to get, there's another game that they're not going to have together. But I still think that that's the lineup. That's going to be the lineup that you go into the playoffs with. That's the lineup I want to start with in the playoffs. That's no doubt in my mind, hundred percent, no doubt in my mind. But sometimes with the Celtics depth being what it is, Sometimes you, you just have to say, you know what? We're going to roll with what's working. 
We're going to roll with what's working. And I think Joe Missoula and, 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 and Marcus Smart in this particular instance, it could be somebody else in another instance, but Missoula has to be able to go to Smart and say, hey, look, we're going we're gonna to keep rolling with this because we're building a lead and let's just, let's just kind of see how it goes. And it's happened with Smart before. It has happened with Smart before. And I think it was, it was last season where the Celtics closed and Smart never got back on the floor and they, they won the game. I forget what game it was. You probably are saying it out loud to me right now. But it's happened before and Smart's been cool with it before. I think Missoula has to be able to go to Smart and say, we're rolling with what's working. Don't, don't worry about it. And be done with it. Because, and it, it worked out. So it's fine that the Celtics, ultimately, if you win, it doesn't matter. But it does, it, it does matter for the next time. Because I, I, I think... If you're going to have this depth, if you've put together this kind of team and one guy has it working so well, Derek White was so obviously the best player on the floor for stretches. And Marcus Smart was so obviously not good in this game. That I, I just feel like in these instances where it's clear, the game is telling you, hey, we want... We want more Derek White on this floor, baby. Sorry, Marcus, not today. That Joe Mazzulla needs to be able to say to Marcus, hey, this is how it's going to go. Against New York, you're still starting. You're still closing. But for now, like that's unless, unless something like this happens again. But this doesn't affect. This isn't a benching. This is not whatever. It's we've got nine guys, eight guys that can play. And they didn't play Mike Muscala. I thought maybe Mike Muscala might get in there in this game. But I thought, I thought he could be very useful as a floor spacer. But all, Muscala didn't play. Pritchard obviously didn't play. Cornette, Blake Griffin. Sam Hauser played two minutes and, and, and didn't do anything. But you have this depth, this eight-team, eight eight-man eight depth. And you can close with any of these guys. You can close with Derek White. You can close with Grant Williams. You can certainly close with Malcolm Brogdon. Every once in a while, you should try that. You should try that. And if it means one of the established guys, and it, it probably, I think this probably does accept Jalen and Jason because those guys are so good that you feel like any 30-second stretch, they can go off and, and hit three shots in a row for you. But for, for a guy like Smart or Rob or Al, if it's clear that they don't have something going and one of these other guys does, the Celtics have to be the team that says, you know what, that's fine. I'll sit. It doesn't matter if I sit because I'm secure in my spot. I'm secure in my place on this team. And I know that anything that's done is done for the sake of winning. And I don't think Marcus will have an issue with that every once in a while. But if we're going to talk about this depth, if we're going to say this depth is so great that it's going to be a key weapon for the Celtics, then use it. Use it when it presents itself. Use it to close out this game and not sweat out the last few minutes. This could have been an easier win. This definitely could have been an easier win. Even with Tatum having a bad game, even with Al starting slow, 
even with Smart being, you know, having having an off night. It could have still, with the Celtics up 10 late, they could have closed this out. And I think, I think that simple decision might have been one of the ways where the Celtics could have made the ending a little bit more comfortable. Great that Tatum hit that buzzer beater. Dramatically, you know, that's fantastic. It's great that the the way that they won continues the interest in this game. And it, it's it's still, obviously, like I said in the first segment, all things considered, that that's a better way to, you know, stick the dagger in the hearts of Sixers fans. But from a Celtics perspective and constantly striving for the best possible ending, I think going with White down the stretch would have been better. And I think we got to get to a point where this depth is, is an option in these situations. And the guy that's being replaced isn't going to feel like it's uh, an affront. All right, Celtics, Knicks, Monday night. That's going to be a fun game. Celtics get a chance to go 3-0 and on this road trip. They're, they're trying to hold off the Milwaukee Bucks, who won again uh, on Sunday. They beat the Phoenix Suns by three. So they are right there, a half game behind the Celtics at 43 and 17. Boston is 44 and 17. So if Boston somehow loses to New York, then they percentage points, I think, fall behind the Sixers. I mean, the the Bucks. The Sixers are basically eliminated from the top seed. Uh, the Celtics would have to really, really collapse and the Sixers would have to be perfect almost down the stretch to, to get to that top seed. So they can probably do no better than second, which means that that top seed is something you really kind of want to hold on to. I still stand by. I, I just don't want to face Philly. I don't want to go Philly and Milwaukee back-to-back in a series. I it's, Yeah, I feel confident in being, being able to beat the Sixers. I just don't want to bang my head against that wall. You know, I think I think there's there's an easier path. So I will be back after the Celtics and the Knicks. Knicks have won five in a row, so that's not going to be the easiest game in the world. They got to go out there and take that one seriously. And then uh, I will give you a podcast after that podcast all week long. And let me see. They play again on Wednesday. This is going to be a fun week. They play Wednesday against Cleveland. They play Friday. Uh, against Brooklyn, and then Sunday against New York. Uh, you know, I might give you a podcast after that Friday-Brooklyn game, too. Why not? All these games on ESPN, too. Woo! Big national TV week. All right, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Get your podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Get on that YouTube page. Ring the bell. Subscribe there. Hop into the comments. Big growing community there of Celtics fans talking about the team, talking about the game, talking about this podcast, whether I'm right or wrong or full of it. Uh, you can tell me in the comments. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.